All right, welcome back to the emergency goalies. We did wait until the end of the regular season to uh, record our final, well, I won't say final, but our wrap-up of the season. And, well, the Blackhawks came through when we really didn't want them to come through and took three of the last four points they had available, and they're not going to get the best odds in the lottery, and I guess we'll just ask you, Michael, I guess the tank wasn't quite as successful as hoped. I mean, it's still pretty successful. I know it's a little disappointing at the end when the worst records, the worst record was so close and within within your grasp, but the way I look at it, don't blame the Blackhawks for this. They they did what they were supposed to do, both the front office by stripping down the roster, but then also the roster and the coaching staff. They're not tanking. They're trying hard. They did what they were supposed to do. They overcame talent deficits. You know, if you want to, if you want to be mad at somebody, be mad at the Flames and the Penguins, two teams that were literally fighting for their playoff lives and just came out and played poorly against the worst team in the league you know a team that vancouver seattle minnesota minnesota with a preseason roster essentially all handled easily and the flames and the penguins just laid an egg in both of those games and it's not the blackhawks fault that those two teams couldn't uh couldn't uh, uh come up with a better effort so no um Real tough scene for the Penguins. Yeah. yeah, I mean, first time in, what was it, like 16 years or something like that, that they're not going to make the playoffs, yep. which is, uh, you know, quite the accomplishment to have that that long of a streak in, you know, uh, the cap era and that. I mean, we've seen it with the Blackhawks, how, how hard it is to kind of maintain a high level of play for a long time and the, the penguins managed to do it but they're yeah, uh they lasted a lot longer than the blackhawks with their core yeah 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 i mean you know and you wouldn't have thought it looking back you know like maybe five ten years ago when um crosby was having the concussion issues and that sort of thing you thought you know maybe um that the uh Penguins would be the first team to, to to kind of fall off, but he made a big comeback. His play never fell off once he was able to stay on the ice, and the Penguins came back, won back-to-back Stanley Cups with great teams, great speed. And, yeah, I mean, they've maintained it for a long time. Um, I think, unfortunately, for – you know, I think Crosby and Malkin and them are still pretty good players, but, um, you know, they're – their front office kind of let them down a little bit, I think, um, the last couple of years. But, yeah, I mean, you know, in terms of the Blackhawks, uh, you know, they played hard in every game. And none of the Blackhawks fans should be surprised. This is the way that this team has played all year. And it remained until the very last game. And I mean, we we put out many warnings on this podcast over the last month or two that 
Taves was going to come back. When he did come back, it was going to provide a boost in energy to both the team and the crowds at the UC. And I fully expected that to probably get the Blackhawks some points that they didn't necessarily, or that they wouldn't necessarily have gotten um, under different circumstances. But, um, you know, you can't, you just got to deal with that. You know, that's the way that the uh, season went. And, you know, you can't control things like Taves' health, getting sick right before the trade deadline and, I don't know really what too much to say about it because you know you could you could certainly be all mad and but uh, that's just not the way I did. It was so. uh, weird to say, but Luke Richardson did a very good job. This oh, year. yeah. You look at the record, but he did a great job. Absolutely. Um, you know, worst roster in the league by far. Um, I mean, he did have two pretty good players in Kane and, and Jones, but both of those guys had bad first halves. And, you know, the, the Blackhawks obviously had a poor record, but they were never really at the bottom for very long. Um, there were a couple of, like, week or two stretches where the Blackhawks fell down to the worst record in the league, but they were pretty consistently hovering around fifth worst until the trade deadline when the roster got depleted even further. Um, and then they dropped down into the bottom three and they've kind of been treading water there with all, you know, all three of the bottom teams. And I guess you could even throw the sharks in there cause they're the, the fourth team and um, all four of them never really quit. Um, they all recorded points over the last two weeks. They all won some games that they shouldn't have won. And, you know, good on the players and the coaching staffs for, for keeping the intensity up. Um, certainly made for some entertaining scoreboard watching. And, you know, I mean, the scoreboard watching continues. Uh, things aren't settled yet. The Black the, the Blackhawks still don't know what their odds are. Are going to be because the black uh, blue jackets are playing right now yep um, their final game and the blue jackets are winning right now it's currently nearing the end of the first period and the blue jackets are winning one to nothing is it, so, if they win then the black i get the second worst which is a big thing because it yeah, definitely- keeps you in the top four yes yeah uh, and they don't actually even have to win they just got to record a point so if this game heads to overtime or the Blue, or the Blue Jackets win, then the Blackhawks will um, solidify the second worst record. So playing the Penguins, right? Uh, the Sabers. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's a, you know a, a, a non-playoff team with nothing to play for. So, um, you know, you it's it, it's not gonna be something where it's a winnable game for the Blue Jackets. Let's just say that. So so I was going to ask you um, an interesting thing I saw on the internet that often they use for basketball, but it's an idea I thought I'd ask you about for hockey. This idea of like an end of the season playoff or tournament to earn the first pick in the draft. No, no I don't like that. All right. Um, 
I, I know in in theory there are advantages to it, um, but I hate to you know I look at a team like the the Blue Jackets. They've rarely made the playoffs in their entire existence. It's not fair to their fan base that you know they've had horrible management and stuff for the majority of their of their uh franchise's existence um i do think that their management is pretty decent right now and you know they were trying to win this year they signed a big free agent you know the biggest free agent they just got decimated by injuries and play in a terrible or i mean in a really good conference i think you know i where would the blackhawks be if they hadn't won the lottery to get Kane. Yeah. They're you know, uh, how, how they never would have climbed out at least as quickly. Um, you know, if you, if you were trying to build a team with Taves and Cam Barker and Jack Skilly, it, it's a big difference having Kane and, you know, Hosa never would have come that sort of thing. So it, with the um, second pick that year, okay. oh, um, it was Van. It was Van Riemsdyk. Okay, and yeah. that's the Van Riemsdyk, but he's not remaking your team. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, a good player, and I mean, he was a good player on the team that the Blackhawks ended up winning for or beating for their first Stanley Cup there. So, yeah, um, I. I just think, you know, I, I I don't like the idea of being rewarded for tanking, mm-hmm. and teams very rarely do that. Um, we really only see this level of tanking in the once every decade that uh, Bedard, um, McDavid, McDavid or Crosby comes out. Uh, you know it. it for the most part, you have maybe one team that knows it's going to be bad. And so they, you know, or maybe one team in each conference, you know, it's just so happened that this year, you know, we had like what, six or seven teams that were tanking pretty much as hard as they possibly could. Yep. But again, that's, that's, that's a factor of of Bedard, not of general um, uh, attitude towards uh, how to approach a season. So I don't think it's as big of a deal as as some make it out to be. Is that I I was just curious because I don't think I like it either. But they kept all these like they always kept we have to stop tanking and I'm like I don't think there's any way you can actually do that. No, <clears throat> because I, I mean I honestly the lottery is a pretty good deterrent to it. In a normal year, dropping from first to third, you know the potential to drop from first to third is a huge blow because in hockey the data shows the first overall pick has well it's it's really the first two picks have generally have huge impacts on your your results Uh, like you you generally get a really good player if you pick first or second Mm -hmm. from third to like ninth or tenth you're pretty much getting the same or you have the odds of getting the same player yeah it's Um, it's the NBA and the NHL are a lot. Like, yeah, it's very heavily on like one player. Um, 
the, the drafts there, there's usually just one or two good players in it. And like, like I said, like the data kind of shows like the first and the second pick are, are, are like head and shoulders above the third pick. And really the first pick is in a lot of, is a lot of times very similar to the second pick. Um, however, there are the outlier years, the McDavid's, the, you know, we just talked about it. Those guys push the first pick way above even the second pick. And that's what we're seeing this year. So, you know, in a normal year, you know, you look back at last year, is there a huge difference between getting Slavkovsky or who went, was it Shane Wright or whoever went third? I can't remember. No, I think Shane Wright went fourth, but yeah, you know, there's, it's not that big of a difference. Um, and I just, I don't know. It, it It's just not a huge thing that you need to worry about on a year to year basis. I don't think. And like I said, to me, you want to be able to add an element of luck for mm-hmm. the sake of long suffering fans, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, I, you do end up with situations where, you know, Edmonton would win three times in a row, but it, it, Edmonton was a long suffering fan base too. I mean, they were terrible for 20, 25 years from the early nineties yeah, up until they got McDavid. I mean, they had like one outlier year where they went to the Stanley cup finals, but, yeah, um, other than that, they were pretty terrible. Yeah. But yeah, so no. Honestly, if you ask me, I'd lean more towards going the full NFL model and just no, just let whoever has the worst record get the pick. But um, I I know I, I prefer the lottery. Um, and, and I actually did. I, I had thought about this. I, I had made that same consideration in my mind like a week ago, and. I remember coming up with a list of reasons why I preferred the lottery over just the straight for the NHL. I, I think it works fine for the NFL. Um, but for the NHL, um, there were a couple of reasons that I came up with, but they're they're not occurring to me off the top of my head. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I, I prefer the lottery. I, I think it's set up perfectly with the lottery for the first two picks, because like I said, those are the two picks that make the largest difference and I I think it's fine the way it is. Okay. So I guess I've been kind of putting it off, but we have to get to it. Jonathan Taves. Now, I don't, we don't know still if he's going to retire. I think he might, but it was definitely his last game as a Blackhawk. They announced it shortly before the game this afternoon, the afternoon before the game. And yeah, what did you think of? everything that happened in his final game. I mean, he got the goal that Kane didn't get. Um, so that, that was good for, for him and the fans for a nice send off there. Um, you know, obviously it was a very competitive game, exciting game. The writing has been on the wall for a long, long time. Uh, we knew these, these two guys weren't going to be coming back <laughs> and, yeah. you know, it was just time to move on. I do hope that Taves just decides to retire. Um, I really don't think it's worth the pressure on his, you know, the the wear and tear on his body at this point. I mean, this has been 
a two or three year struggle for him. And I think at some point you just kind of got to accept the fact that you're probably not going to be able to handle the rigors of a 80 game NHL season and plus playoffs if you're lucky. And yeah, just uh, he got, uh, he's had a nice long career all with one team, all as the captain. He's accomplished everything that he set out to do. Uh, it, it just seems like the right time, but he's a competitor. How many times have we seen guys like him? They keep you know, going. they, they, they keep going, they keep going, they keep going. You gotta, one thing they say, you gotta force them out essentially, but we'll see. Maybe if like, I always thought the one thing would be maybe Winnipeg to go home, but I don't think would Winnipeg even offer him a deal. I don't know. I, I doubt it at this point. Um, from from what I've kind of reading the tea leaves a little bit, Winnipeg is very much right on the fence of this might be our last run where we can kind of keep it together with this core, and they might be very near to blowing up their team yeah. and trading Connor Hollebuck while he's still got value, trading Wheeler before he completely falls off the table, that sort of thing. And so... It, you know, maybe if they make one more run at it next year, um, you know, maybe a guy like Taves would make sense. But I, I, I don't know. It seems. Yeah, listening to his post game comments, they really seem more like he was thinking about hanging it up. But you can never tell. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's one thing if it's a knee injury or something that you know it's like oh this in one moment it's all taken away from me. And if I work hard enough, I can come back Yeah. when it's something like what he's going through, where it's a daily struggle every day to get out of bed. It sounds like, and you yeah. know, you just, you feeling worn down all the time and nothing you really do makes that big of a impact on uh, improving other than rest. And I, I just, I, I got to think after two or three years of this, it's so mentally draining that, you know, really and like I said, you know, he's gotten, he's gotten the yeah. perfect send off at some point. You just got to kind of look at that and say, Hey, you know what? It's time. Yeah. It really does feel like what happened at the end of Hosa's career where we didn't know as much about it, but he was right. completely like torture of like this condition with his skin, like, how difficult it was and eventually you yeah. can't do it anymore. Yeah. You know, and it's one thing if the team is still great and you've got, you know, the, the hope for a Stanley cup to play for, and, you know, I'm sure the money impacts it as well. I mean, Taves was still making $6 million this year or something a lot close to that. And Hosa was still making like four or $5 million in his last year. Um, before his salary was about to drop to like 1 million or something like that. And Taves obviously has no contract for next year. And I can't imagine anybody would offer him more than probably mm -hmm. like the 1.1 million or whatever it is that, yeah. um, is kind of the, the, the cap minimum sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, at some point the, 
it's weighing the cost benefit analysis in your mind. And I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think Tage is kind of basically at the same point that Hosa is and uh, that Hosa was, I should say. And yeah. Yeah, If you think about it, how can you have a better send off than he had today? He scored a goal, like going around the ice twice to like wild applause. Sell out. Yeah. Hasn't really been sold out the whole season. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the perfect send off would be something like, you know, what Ray Bork got, where you're, or, you know, or Jerome Bettis or somebody, where you're walking off as champions. Yes. Um, but that path is not open to Taves, and with the path that was open to him, this is probably as good of a send off as he's going yeah. to get. You know, if he, you know, maybe there's something like you know, the Winnipeg opportunity or something like that, where they go completely all in and they just say, Hey, you know, we'll offer you this minimum. If you want to come in here, play for your hometown and maybe try and win for Stanley Cup, maybe something like that would come along, but it would have to be such specific circumstances. Um, and I just, I, the, the odds of something like that happening are minimal to me. So yeah, it's just like, this is like the best said, you could probably do. Yeah. Just, the stuff he's had to deal with, it's just, it's very hard. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I've didn't, um, contract COVID at all, but, um, you know, I, I, I am somebody that's been sick a lot in my life. Um, and it's, it's tiring <laughs> and you want to not feel sick and, you know, if if he can improve his health by not playing, I think it's something he needs to, to do. So, and I will say selfishly, from a fan side, I I've already seen Kane in a different uniform, but obviously, I like Taves more than Kane, so to see him in a different uniform would be hard. Yeah, you know, it would be nice to have one of them kind of retire as a Blackhawk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hosa obviously played for other teams before the Blackhawks and, you know, Sharp got traded. Uh, Seabrook, I guess, did retire as a Blackhawk, essentially, even, you know, if he's on the Tampa payroll sort of thing. But, um, you know, Jalmerson got traded. Crawford got traded. Mm-hmm. Um, or no, Crawford signed as a free agent. But, you know, he, yeah, it, it would just be nice if Taves, for the for the sake of the fans, I think, hung him up as a Blackhawk. But... Hey, you never know. And, you know, and the other thing too, he is still young enough where he could take a year or two or even three years away from the game and still make a comeback. Yes. I mean, he's only 35. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the guys like Crosby and Bergeron and the, uh, there, there's guys that are in their late 30s that are still capable players. I mean, Hoso was playing into his late 30s. So, you know, maybe it's the sort of thing where Taves takes another year off, maybe even takes two years off, and you just kind of play it by ear. But, um, yeah, we'll see. It's hard to predict with something like what he has because, you know, even the year away two years ago, you know, coming back this year, at first it looked like it was going to work out. I mean, the first month he was playing pretty well. The energy was pretty decent 
And then it just kind of kept declining and declining and declining. And yeah. And it was one of those things too that I think we both saw it coming that he would come back for the end of the year to play. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just thought that was like, it made the most sense. It also makes sense for him to retire, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I think at the very least, he needs to take another year off. From a fan's perspective, I I, I hope he retires, but, you know, also for his sake, you know, take as much time as you need and if you want to hold off your decision for a while, go for it. You know. Yeah. All right. So I guess I will, since we don't really have a preview to do, I think I'll ask you, who do you feel like is going to be going for the championship this year? Do you have any predictions for the playoffs? Ooh. Um, I, I mean, the East is certainly heavily uh, favored. Um, I think probably the top four teams, I think, are all out East. Uh, I think Boston, Carolina, Toronto, New Jersey are better than anything that the West has. Yeah. Um, so as long as one of those four teams comes out of the East, um, I would uh, I would have them be the favorite in the cup finals but um as far as who out of those four comes out of the east ooh, that's a tough one um Obviously the i mean boston boston's the the heavy favorite they've been dominant all year um in a way that nobody else has how many times have we seen the unstoppable number one seed go down in the nhl but they're so good but yeah, this is, what they've done this year is very much along the lines of what the Blackhawks were in the lock in the um, in in, the, in 2013, um, where they came out and they just dominated and then kind of cruised for a stretch and then turned it back on in the playoffs. Yeah, and I'm kind of expecting Boston to yeah. to crank it up a notch. Of course, things got very hairy in that Red Wings series. Of course. And they were very close to blowing it that year, but they pulled it out. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're still talking about hockey. You're still talking about puck luck um, having a big factor. You know, one bad game by your goalie can turn an entire series or one good game by your goalie can help you recover. I mean, you think back to like the Nashville series in 2015 where Crawford was terrible and um, – you know, we got saved by our backup, mm-hmm. Scott Darling, and then Darling started struggling, and Crawford got back in there and, wrote, you know, played well through the rest of the playoffs. So you, you could never fully predict it, but, yeah, I, I, to me, it would be so hard to to, to bet against, against Boston. Yes. But that said, as Blackhawks fans, we got to root for the Rangers <laughs> to get to the conference final. Yeah. Because that gives us an extra first round draft pick instead of the second. They're probably the fifth best team in the East. I would say that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, there's probably not that much separation between them and Toronto, um, Carolina, New Jersey. Those four teams are kind of grouped pretty close together in my mind. Uh, The the Rangers um, finish with a few fewer points than those teams, but 
they really strengthened themselves at the deadline um, with Tarasenko and Kane kind of bumping up their top six a little bit. So, um, of course, in the West, I, I'll say um, I feel safe in saying the um, adopted playoff team of this podcast is the uh, Seattle Kraken. We'll be going absolutely, to- absolutely. They will be taking on the uh, Central Division champion in the first round, which. Um, like the second overall pick, the the winner of Central Division has not yet been decided. That will be decided okay, tonight. Yeah, uh, Colorado is winning. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean Seattle. Uh, I, I'm actually happy that they finished in the top wild card spot as opposed to third in their division, because I'd rather them play the Central Division champion than take on McDavid in the playoffs. So. Um, yeah, I think that actually gives them an easier route to playing either Colorado or Dallas. Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's going to be the team I'll obviously be rooting for. I have tickets to the two Seattle home games uh, Mm -hmm. in the first round. Um, but I also do not expect Seattle to, (laughs) uh, progress very far in the, um, playoffs given their subpar goaltending. Um, so yeah, I mean, out of the West, uh, I think, well, uh, there should be, um, Oilers against Vegas in the second round, which would be a good series. That's, that's, yes, I, I, I think that will determine a lot. Um, the central is weird. Uh, I mean, you do got 300 point teams coming out of the central, Colorado obviously was ravaged by injuries for much of the first half. They seem to be putting it together. They've obviously got the playoff experience from last year, but that also, you know, are they maybe a little bit more tired than some of the other teams? We'll see. Um, But I mean, they obviously have the the edge as far as experience goes, but um, Dallas is a pretty darn good team. Um, And Minnesota is tricky. I, they're they're no longer a, a boring, um, you know, hard to play against, but not necessarily creative team. Minnesota's got some a little bit more spark than they ever had. Kaprizov. Um, I'm sorry. Well, oh, I said um, Kaprizov. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he makes a huge difference on that team, and uh, yeah, I just I, I wouldn't necessarily count them out in the way that I used to back when the Blackhawks were good but yeah honestly like those five teams the Dallas Colorado Minnesota Vegas Edmonton very very closely grouped together and I think any of those five can come out of it um I wouldn't bet against McDavid at this point um I, I think Getting Ekholm at the deadline maybe did just enough with their defense to kind of shore that up and get them over the hump. And hopefully the refs give McDavid an opportunity to actually do some things in the playoffs as opposed to a few years ago where like they literally did not call a single penalty on anybody that did anything to McDavid the entire playoff series or uh, playoffs one year which is ridiculous because we know he's hooked and and obstructed all over the place to 
to neutralize his speed. Um, so yeah, I I think it's going to be Edmonton. Um, so Boston Edmonton would be a pretty fun final. Right. I'm going to go Boston against Vegas. For mm-hmm. And yeah, so I guess we'll have plenty of time to. We're going to do another episode. I'm assuming after the lottery, we'll do an episode. Yeah, I think that's probably a good plan. You know, that'll get us a decent way into the playoffs. We can talk about probably the first couple of rounds of the playoffs at that point and the lottery. And um, I have started taking a look at all of the first round prospects mm-hmm. um, and forming some opinions. I've still got uh, probably a good dozen or so players to go. But maybe by that point, I'll have gotten through all of them and I can kind of give a rundown of kind of what to expect um, with the draft, too. So, All right. Well, Michael on Twitter. MJ underscore Ernst. I'm FTH85. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify, anywhere you can. If you need it somewhere else, let us know. Send us a message. We'll try to put it on there. But, yeah, we uh, survived the season. It wasn't very pretty, but we made it through. And now hey, I, I got to give Richardson and the team another shout out. They it, this could have been a total slog if the team mailed it in, and they never did. Yeah, they played they, hard. They played hard the entire year, and it, it at least made it interesting slash entertaining, however you want to describe it, as opposed to just awful to watch. Yes, it did. So, all right. We will be back in a couple weeks, hopefully, after the Blackhawks won the lottery, but we will find out. <laughs>